When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and City podcast brought to you by The Dip. But today we're doing something a little different because now, I mean, just due to the high demand, I'm very shocked. Everyone wants us to discuss Gilmore Are Girls, you so that's me? weird. I haven't even introduced myself. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. This Hi. is Shortcomings, a Sex and the City podcast brought to you by The Dip. Sam, would you yes. like to get back in there? Like, it's like that introduction was all over the place. What do you mean? You didn't introduce yourself. You didn't introduce me. You were getting okay, the I'll premise of what then. we're here doing. No, I'm not saying start over. I think just leave it in. This is a bonus episode. Bonus episode where you just hear more, uh, just hear more. I don't know. More birds. But, but, <laughs> I've got a, I'm living in a fucking yeah, menagerie over here. You sound like fucking Tweety Bird. <laughs> you sound like Tweety. <laughs> Um, so anyways, we are discussing Gilmore Girls today, and we weren't quite sure exactly what you guys wanted, because all we kept getting on our DMs was like, Gilmore Girls, Gilmore Girls, Gilmore Girls, so we're just going to kind of like do like a blanket episode where we talk kind of just generally about the show. And we obviously, hope there this are is gonna enough. be segments. Right. But if you guys want more, obviously tell us. Um, no, I don't, hold on. I disagree. I'm going to have to push back. They are. No? Really sit with it, listen to this, and think whether or not you want more. Don't DM us like first blurt, like, I loved this, I want more. Think about what more would mean, because what more isn't going to mean, we don't have time to go through every episode. I'm putting that out there. Maybe in the distant future, when we finish Sex and the City, there is another show we might take on, and it might be Gilmore Girls. Frankly, I'm not 100% sure I have anything to say episode to episode, and also Gilmore Guys exist. I feel like they really tread that 
And could we add? I think we could, but we'll see if we when we get there. But it's not going to be a week-to-week, every episode reaction. People are asking for a full evisceration of Dean and Logan. And I'm like, I'm not doing that to them. I can't do that to my Loki. Yeah, so it's like everyone just like, this is going to be freewheeling, fun. It is what it is. It's a bonus ep. Yeah. And just don't ask for more maybe ask us to do other shows and maybe if we like this we might do another show it would have to be another show we'll like we'll probably do this for the crown maybe when it comes although no we won't i can't can't do the the crown Crown because it's based on like historical events and like i said i believe it was a few and it's also like intelligent yeah that's just not my wheelhouse um also like i was saying it's based on real things that have happened and i can't be like oh so fucking boring and it's like about like children dying you know well I you mean like that. you said last exactly last week correct it was one of the correct. toughest comments i've ever heard yep yep that happened and also of course like maybe the queen won't be with us but if there's another light silly fun show that also is our favorite show that has made me cry every time i watched it we might cover that but just know we're going to really get into it the best we can this very episode chris really likes to set the bar very low that way no one has expectations and then we just exceed everybody's okay let's get into it sam what's your gilmore girls origin story because i feel like and let me just see if i'm correct okay you were just a little baby Running around, Steve and Mary had divorced. There you're Christopher and Lorelai. You're running between oh. two households. A house divided certainly couldn't stand. And Gilmore Girls brought you all together. I At can't least one say that you're wrong. <laughs> I, we all watched it, but obviously they lived. I lived at both of their houses. But every Tuesday, we would sit down at 8 o'clock and we would watch it at both houses. Together? Well, like, I would watch it with my mom, and then I would watch it with my dad. Oh, Tuesday wasn't, like, a standard night with one of them. We were bouncing back and forth. Yeah, like, I had, I was there week to week at each, we're getting really, we're getting to my parents, like, custody agreement. Um, (laughs) Did they have, like, the nest agreement where you lived in the house and they cycled through and through? (laughs) No, that would have been really nice. Oh, that would have been great, actually. Well, it's good to hear that they were not a Christopher, Lorelai, Rory situation where basically your dad was absent and awful. Um, no. Shout out to my Steve, very my present. king. Yeah. And Mary, yeah. my queen. He was, yeah, he was very present. Um, but yeah, we I started watching it at the premiere, like the in whatever, 2000? I think 2000, 2001. Yeah. I think it was in like third or fourth grade. God. I started season two, and then I had a friend in high school who loved it, and she would loan me the DVDs to the first season, but she wouldn't I give the me DVDs. the full box set. She would only give me individual discs, because she was so obsessed, so she was rewatching. Oh. And so I had to take one home, watch it, then return that one, get another. This was also before like texting, so it wasn't like I could text her and say, I finished, bring the next one. It was like I had to see her, tell her, bring it then. I mean, it was a lot. But since then... Oh, no. I had the DVDs, too. And whenever I was sick, like, home from school, I would watch it. It's the best. And since then, I've watched an episode of Gilmore Girls every single day. Even if I'm traveling, you know, I turn on my phone. 
I think I would travel with the DVDs. Like, in the, it's like, it. we would get, like, into it. I mean, ABC, I would schedule my classes in college around hopefully being free at 11 when the show was on on ABC Family. Yeah. I mean, not only that, but of course I then had to, like, pop out, take another class, get home for Oprah season 25. It was a lot going on senior year, you know. Although Gilmore Girls was over by senior year. You were booked to busy. I was, well, not really. I was mostly drunken at happy hour. <laughs> but still getting, you know, quite a good grade average. So that's our Gilmore Girls origin story. I guess before we start to somewhat relate this to Sex and the City, I'm going to throw some characters at you and just tell me which lady they are. Okay. Lorelai. Carrie. Absolutely. She's chatty, talking too much, dizzy as hell. I think she's the main character. Rory? Rory in the beginning is kind of a charlotte and then she kind of takes a weird turn she transforms into a she, rambo she actually loses her yes. goddamn mind she loses her fucking mind when she goes to yale yeah kirk is probably i put him in a samantha a, oh adventurous oh. trying a lot very sex positive given his relationship with lulu Oh, yeah, they were fucking. Yeah. Would you agree or no? Okay. No, I. now that you say that, I would agree with you, yeah. Emily. Oh. I, mean, I would say easy. she's like the perfect company. Yeah, Miranda, but also a Charlotte. Oh, I was going to say she's, Char- she's Charlie through and through. Yeah, I think she's Miranda in her sense of like rules. Well, I would say but Charlie, I Charlie has, has the rules sense of too. rules, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Richard Charlotte. Gilmore. Oh my god, my <laughs> prince, my king. Um, he is giving me Harry Goldenblatt. Oh no, no, you got to pick the girlies. No, oh no. the girlies. Yeah. Sorry, he's a Miranda to me. Uh, okay, I can see that. I can see that. All right, I'm gonna hit you with just three more. The Rory boyfriends, Dean. <sighs> Dean, 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 Dean is a. Now, are we talking season one, Dean, or all the others? Dean is a to- very Dean in his sharp- totality. Um, I would say Dean is a um um a Carrie. Ooh, kind of dizzy. Okay, I would probably put Dean at a he's a Miranda. You think? Um, a little all over the place. You think? Like jealous, okay. like kind of a mess. <laughs> okay. Where would you put Jess Mariano? <gasps> oh, my king. Um, probably a Samantha, because he's real sexy. I he would agree. He likes to make out by the phone booth. Sexy, but also has the same has Smart. the same sense of adventure as Kirk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Said no one ever. This- <laughs> and these are the kind of unhinged yeah. takes you guys are going to get on this bonus episode yeah, of Short Yeah, buckle the fuck up, you guys. Like, I already told producer King Brian, I was like, listen, this is going to be This is going to be the doozy. worst one yet, and we don't know where we're, we don't know if we're coming or going. Logan. <gasps> a Charlotte. Carrie. You think Logan's a Carrie? Rampant consumerism buying Birkin bags. At least he can afford his lifestyle. Charlotte also is a shopper. In that one she episode, Charlotte, no, she I'm, he's, Logan is a crazy, dizzy, blonde, chaotic as hell, sleeping around, I'm cheating on people left and right. 
my god! Remember when he okay. cheated on Rory with all those bridesmaids and his fiance in the they revival? Were, they were on a break. They were. Oh wow! They now we're getting up. into Friends territory. That's for another <laughs> podcast. Well, I don't watch Friends. Yeah, you're but, such okay. a loss. I respect. I respect. You're so annoying. <laughs> I respect your decision. Um. Wow, that was so much fun. I feel like there's. I know. Like, I can't wait. This is like I really thrive for Gilmore Girls. Like, I know. If you guys like, you think we love Sex and City? Like we fucking love Gilmore Girls. And I will say, I did get a DM from a person who seemed quite surprised to hear like you have a Sex and the City podcast and you wouldn't even consider it in your top five favorite shows. And I was like, yeah, no, it's not. What are your favorites? Um, Gilmore Girls. I mean, Gilmore Girls is my number one for sure. But great, I would not say Sex and the City is even in my top five. Wow. Before oh, this wow. podcast, it was not a show I revisited a ton. It was a show I loved, and I would oh. revisit only season three. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Okay, this is making a lot more sense. But now I'm Got like, it. we're fucking in the thick of it. and I may, But I love it. It's a show I love, but it was a show that uh-huh. it's not in constant rotation in, say, like, a Gilmore or Grey's Anatomy yeah. Six Feet Under. I mean, the shows that raise The Crown. As you were. Well, The Crown is like too new to be a fave. Okay. Top 10 props. Then there are the shows that like raised me, my heart, you know, that sit well in my spirit. Not that Sex and the City doesn't. I found a new appreciation for it. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Yeah, we're here to talk about Gigi. So. Oh, speaking of Gigi. I, a long time ago, guys, hosted a Gilmore Girls brunch that had a formal agenda with a header and a footer, and every single action item that was on it to discuss was named after an episode title. When I found this, I was so disgusted with myself, and I thought, this is who I am, and this is why nobody likes me. It's so fucking annoying. Yeah, Yeah. but I love you for it. But I did amend that to give us some sections to kind of talk about. So we're going to start with Gilmore Girls and kind of romance. I know people don't think it's great to, like... Talk about this show in its totality of, like, just about the, the men they date. But it is the most fun thing to talk about. And it is, like, I feel like yeah. the number one discussion topic. So we're going to get into it. And we're okay. going to start with the hot button topic. And shout out to We Stan. I was on their podcast. And frankly, this is all we talked about. And you got two parts on that one. Uh, and it was mostly this. <laughs> it was just getting the fuck into it. And so a lot of people okay. have already heard my thoughts. So this is mostly for you. Team Dean, Team Jess, Team Logan. Where do you stand with the boys? The boys, the boys. And this is in terms of for Rory. I think most, so I guess, how do you answer that question though in general, right? When people ask you what team are you on? Because I think that's a really big distinction for people. Are you talking about Mm -hmm. for yourself or for the character? Because I think a lot of people have differing thoughts and then it creates fights that aren't, like, on the same wavelength. You're not choosing for the same thing. Right. Yeah, so I think it's important to always – so I thank you for picking, like, we need to figure out. So let's start with for yourself. Who are you choosing for you? Jess. Same. I mean, Jess Mariano. Oh, when he stepped God. off that bus in that jean jacket and that spiky <sighs> hair, looking like Sylvester <gasps> Stallone. Mm, mm. And Guys, you just heard I this can't is hell. To you what he this does is to hell. Me. That Elvis Costello song I love. My legs were on the wall. The way he folds his books, like 
I find everything this man does so sexy. Like he does like that crooked. There mouth. is very rarely a man on television where I literally like I feel things when I look at him. Oh, we're all wet. Deeply. Oh, drip. <laughs> I mean the basement is flooded. No. <laughs> I mean, he is so fucking sexy. I Oh, my God. When he turns off that sprinkler. And his tight little Heather Gray Tinley tee. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> With his hair shopping. I am like, that is so sexy. And then he turns it back on before Dean shows up. Mm. Ugh, because he paged Rory. He has enough. He oh, has sir. the endurance to sit through a whole 24-hour dance competition to win this woman. I can't get a man to return mm-hmm. my fucking text messages. Yeah, exactly. Like, and also, he's sexual. Well, I a like lot of that. people would point to that being a real dark spot for Jess. Oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> I forgot about that. I know. That, I, as as he, an ardent Team Jess Poo person, we do like to not mention that. Well, but I will say, he in the moment... It was bad, and then immediately he was like, oh, fuck. Like, I just did something really bad. And it, you know, <laughs> we don't have to get into I it. I think we should move on um, before we get into some dark yeah, territory. Anywho. Yeah, it's getting dicey. I would absolutely agree, um, Team Jess, for myself also. Yes. Are we going to agree? Now, I wonder if this is where we're going to disagree. Okay. I'm excited. Who do you choose for Rory? Logan. See, this is where we disagree. and I And this is where it'll be interesting to see... The different takes on it. I think Jess and Rory need to be together. Because if the if Gilmore Girls is a cyclical storyline, and by the way, shout out everyone, this is a spoilery podcast. Um, mm-hmm. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen And Just Like, and just like That, <laughs> well, I hope you've this seen And Just Like That sexism. and A Year in the Life. Yeah. Because I think that A Year in the Life teaches us that in some ways Gilmore Girls is a cyclical, circular story. And so we're meant to make those connections. And I don't know how you can possibly not see that Jess is correlated to Luke, Logan to Christopher, and that Rory is meant to be with Jess in that way. He also inspires her to write. He pushes her on a path. I get that the take that Logan is like the right person for Rory because Rory's trash. But in the text of the show, I think we are meant to allude to the fact that they're meant to be together. And also, frankly, I can't live in a world where of Dean, Jess, and Logan, the one she hasn't textually had sex with is Jess. She's got to fuck yeah. him. She's got to put know. a condom on him and fuck him. Oh. To quote Sonia Morgan. Yeah. Okay. The reason why I pick Logan for Rory is there's something about their banter that I always really appreciated. And in their moment together when they first kind of met, when she was hanging up the pictures of um, what's-his-face? Uh, Asher Fleming. Professor. Asher Fleming. I almost called him Arthur. Asher Fleming. I like that he was able to kind of pull holes in her arguments because I think in Stars Hollow – And her entire life, she was always the girl that was the smartest girl. And she always had the quick comebacks. And he kind of, is this killing you? And he he was able to kind of. A fire is rising inside of me. Why? Like nothing we've ever discussed. No, keep going. No, I'm scared. And then I also will never forget the episode. I think it's season six or seven. 
where he looked at her and he's like, why do you act like you're so different than all of us? Like you are one of us, like you are privileged. You were able to, you know, go to Yale and get it paid for. You were able to go to Chilton and get it paid for. Like you're not that much different than me. And I was like, fuck you, get her. Also, I find him to be very funny. I like him. I like his sassy little energy. Are you done? Yeah. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) I genuinely believe that Logan Huntsberger should be an Azkaban. He's one of the... I have gotten to the point where I can no longer actually watch episodes of the show with him on it. It genuinely triggers me. I have to fast forward through some of the scenes. He's the fucking worst. When you say challenge her, you and like have witty repartee when they first meet. Do you think calling her master and commander is like charming and funny? It's funny. Well, because it's like, it's like the, you know, then she's like, like the movie, like it's very timely because that movie had just come out. No, that's what I want you to call me. You know, he was joking. You would like if a man said to you, call me master and commander. But see, that's what we're saying. You that's th- what oh, we you said want it for Rory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you want someone to we dominate made... her and treat her like shit. Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, she needs to be fucking put in her place sometimes. She <laughs> Okay, she so that's up. a lot different than saying he like is like funny. You, now you're like he puts I mean, her in her he place is. like he's, he's like all a, of those things. Like a trainer, like a dog trainer. But I wanna make it very clear really quickly that you're a Jess girl at the end of the day. I'm a Jess girl. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I'm i a Jess girly. I live and breathe for that little tight body, as Oof, you say. That tight little body. I would, what would I give to just get <laughs> no, on top and, even and ride? Like him, him now, like, he's so sexy now. Like, like he just keeps getting better. And that's I know. Rare. I couldn't watch This Is Us, but I've Googled every single frame of it just to see them. Those photos of him in those little short shorts leaving the gym. Well, I'll never forget, you know, when I watched the first episode and saw his ass. And frankly, that was enough for me to give that show all the Emmys at one. I was like, yep, throw every single Emmy at this show. Dude, the rush I got seeing Alexis Bledel and Milo Vitimiglia at the same award show for Handmaid's Tale and This Is Us, I was like... Sit. Well, of course, never forget when they dated and they were together I know, the they show dated. And-, and their chemistry during, like, season three, season two and three was really impeccable. Should I... Oh, I would argue right up until season six when he comes back in the jean jacket and gives and drops the why, didn't you, why do you drop out of Yale? You think when she runs all crazy... Away from him. Well, that's four. That's <laughs> you mean, weird. When they have that crazy scene and she's like just... <laughs> that is one of the wildest scenes in all the Gilmore Girls when she's just running amok. <laughs> and she's a horrible runner. Yes. I mean, it's a crazy like, scene. No and they're form. literally not even... They're like zigzagging. Talk about Frogger, as we were talking about earlier with King Dumpling. And now they were broken up by that point, right? Yes. He was trying to life. apologize. And she just kept running. No, in real life, I mean. They oh, were yeah, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. They broke up at around yeah. the time that he was leaving to go do Windward Circle, his spinoff that never got picked up. R.I.P. Now, can you say anything nice about Dino? Yeah. What would you like to say about him? Because I, I think there are team D. We want to be nice to the Dean, Dean people out there. The Dinos. I think, first, let me say the season one Dean is a very different Dean than we get in any. In the rest of the time we see him. You because like his leather jacket one, like, and um, puka shell necklace? <laughs> well, that was just of the time. I know, I know but um, it is shocking it's very to behold now. 
Oh, that saggy jacket. It's and that, bad. It's, it's so not bad. even the leather jacket. And that lanky I, little body. I can almost forgive the jacket as a, as, a point, as a part of time. Something about the puka shell necklace that it's like, what's happening here? Was this of the time? Well, there's something, yes, but there is something about him in season one where he's like kind of cool. Like he listens to cool music and he like gets their references. Well, he's certainly funnier and smarter in season one. They do make him dumber to introduce Jess. Yeah, they make him a fucking. They they talk about like NASCAR and and like, um, what was that show with those robots that would just like fight each other? Yeah, it was Battle like, Bots. What was that? Battle, but yeah, like, and he watched to watch the same movie six hundred times. Hey, Lord like, of the Rings. Just, Although you're a Lord, Lord of, the of the Rings girly, don't you know, secretly do like love Lord, Lord of the, of the Rings. Rings? Isn't that something about you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Much I like when it. you recently revealed you like to get high and watch Marvel movies. I was like, what's happening? Oh, I love to get high and watch Marvel. Although movies. I am currently reading uh, reading a book about the Marvel comic books because occasionally I pick a book that is a subject matter that I don't care about. And it's very well written, even if I don't think it's very good. But getting back to Gilmore Girls. And I want to make this also clear. I'm not like a big Marvel head. Like, I don't like I don't get the like how it's all interwoven together. I literally simply pop a gummy and just, just lay turn on Disney Plus like, and see, let it wash yeah, over you. Like, I'm just chilling and I giggle a little bit. It's just yeah, kind of cool. You see Chris Hemsworth take his shirt off. And actually, the more that I hear it, I'm like, oh this sounds God. like a wonderful <laughs> evening. It is. It really is. And then you order Wingstop. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. It's <laughs> quite a turn. Love me some wingies. <laughs> um, but what I would say about Dean, I do appreciate that, like, right, he makes her feel safe, which and I love in the revival when she's able to say that to him and, like, really, I think, speak to the heart of all the Dean people out there. And they fucked Dean good after his divorce and he moves back with his parents in that awkward ass scene where they're trying to have sex in the car it's oh one God. of the and with most his bitchy fucking mom oh no so there's this shrill woman yes. there's the sex there's the sex in the car scene that is so uncomfortable and then at his parents house where the mom won't close the door and the sister's listening to like complicated oh my god and the one of the worst lines is she says the mom says i can scrounge up something to zap I cringe at that. And it sounds like she's 80 yard from like the 1950s. Oh my God. I hate it so much. And also the scene where they're trying to fuck in her Prius, like you said, it's so awkward, intense, and they just have no sexual chemistry. And also Dean, the actor, whatever his name is, Jared Peterson Padalecki, Patterson. Show some respect. He owns oh, half of Texas. Jared Padalecki. What? He's so fucking rich, Sam. He has been on television. What? He own I mean Supernatural aired. Oh, cuz of Supernatural. For, he owns a ranch in Texas that is the size of like all hell. He also his architectural digest is also quite lovely. I also feel kind of bad for him because he wasn't asked back for the uh Supernatural uh reboot or revival. Is Supernatural already being revived? They like we're going to do like a like a some extra thing with it, and he wasn't asked back. Oh well, he's doing fine. He's on, I believe, a reboot of a little show called Walker Chris. Texas Ranger. Chris, he was devastated. Well, look, he he's already back. doing fine. He's this man has been gamely employed by the CW since two thousand. It is twenty twenty two. He did what Chad Michael Murray couldn't do. He's given the girlies. He's still giving the girlies who are our age when we saw the show originally what they want. Yeah, that forehead. That tall, just nothing body. 
Nothing. Nothing. He's a um, yeah. There's nothing. He's a noodle. What I will, and I think it's interesting because what I will always say about um, Logan is is that he introduces sex to Rory and a more sensual life. You know, Jess is like introducing critical thought. He's you know biblical and wonderful. Logan introduces sex into her life, so they have to. But it's sad that basically they make Dean the worst possible sexual partner to make then Logan seem so much more appealing. And of course, shout out to my favorite, one of my favorite, least favorite lines of all time when Logan comes into her window and he says, "Well, if you thought coming into the window was hard, talking about his deck, it is so upsetting and so angry. <laughs> I think about it constantly." <laughs> It's been with me since I first heard it in whatever year it originally aired. <laughs> that that joke got past the WB censors is, like, always with me. Like, did they not get this? But it's a good double entendre. Wow. Okay. I think that's a good place to end that. So I said something nice about Logan. Okay. Now, let's get into the Lorelei. Because I think we both mm, have... Okay. Some controversial thoughts here. Christopher okay. Luke versus Max versus Digger. Now, I'm not a Max girl. I, I think the actor who plays Max is very good. By the way, I should also add one of my problems with Matt Zucri and the character of Logan. This is I don't think he's very good at Paladino language. And in fact, I really love him in his follow-up show, The Good Wife. He's great on that show. I just think he stumbles mm-hmm. with that kind of rat fast dialogue. Yeah, um, Max I hear struggled. in my dreams, I actually know my nightmares, Logan saying, <laughs> that's how you do it at the Yo Daily News. <laughs> <laughs> in my nightmares. I started sweating. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it's awful. Chris, that was disgusting. I'm so upset. (laughs) Oh, God. Imagine me in a hot sweat just, like, waking up and hearing that. That's what happens. Oh, my God. That's literally hell. But I think Max actually is an actor who does fairly well with Paladino language because they write to his slower cadence. He's great on this season of Mrs. Maisel. He's had one scene, and I thought he was – I had missed him, like, saying her language. I think he has a good way of putting it forward. Interesting. I will never forgive him for proposing over the phone. By the way, not even over the phone, through voicemail. 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 Although I do always think Max Medina. Max Medina. Max Medina. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm quite attracted to him, Scott Cohen. Shout out to Scott Cohen. Come on the pod. I mean, the scene where they're sitting across from each other at his house and they throw the coffee table, that's sexy. And I love them at the diner when she's trying to break up with him. I mean, there are scenes where I really like them, but he was never going to be the right person. And No, he just I, wasn't. He's a good guy, but he's just not for her. Yeah. He's too simple. I recently rewatched Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life, and I okay. noticed something that to me was so full circle. In the first season mm-hmm. of Gilmore Girls, Max is there at the house and he falls asleep and Lorelai and Rory make fun of him and then say, oh, take him upstairs. And then Rory and then Lorelai is kind of awkward about the fact that she's taking a man to her bedroom in the revival in the final episode. Luke is able to stay awake longer than Rory. There's something about like he has become the companion 
to Lorelai in a way that Rory can't be. That fe- and Laura and Rory is sleeping exactly where where Max was. That feels very. And this is what I mean about Gilmore Girls being this beautiful show that loops back to one another in a way that sometimes I'm like, did they mean to do? Like, did Amy Sherman Palladino mean? to do that or is it just a happy she accident did. but she she's brilliant it's so good this idea that oh this is what she needed she needed someone who could finally be there for her when rory couldn't be and to create that kind of circle is so great so i do have love for max but he wasn't the right guy no agree, agreed a hundred percent good guy everybody everybody knows that max is a good guy and you know what i think about all, right, all the time Parks. what everybody knows max is a good guy Everybody, everybody knows Max Medina. Max, Max Medina. Medina. I always think about when Lorelai walks in and Suki and Rory are standing in the kitchen and they're hiding the ice cream maker on the table. I think about this constantly that Suki says, I can make cinnamon ice cream. Or no, apple something with cinnamon ice cream. I was like, I think about that all the time. Just because just you want that so ice good. cream? Yeah, I thought it's like, like a when I used deep to watch thought in like, the that related to like the love between Max and Lorelai was coming. Not simply, I just want that ice me? cream. Have you met me before? <laughs> That's not how this brain works. No, it's kind of like when I used to watch SpongeBob in the morning and I would crave a Krabby Patty. Like I would crave a, a hamburger. And it was like, like 9 a.m. <laughs> oh my God, 9 a.m. I was like, I need it. Oh, geez. Yeah. But anyways, um, All right, well, <laughs> moving along. Let's talk about a little guy who I know you love. Oh my god! Digger. And I got a text yes. message about your love of Digger recently. Shout out to my friend Amanda who simply texts me, "Digger, heal Sam." <gasps> Amanda, she's not happy. And defend yourself. I fucking love him. He's so neurotic. He plays this character perfectly. He is perfect for Lorelai. Do you think they have sexual they have chemistry? This- yes. I do. He and makes I love him that sleep he in is, another a, room. He's a boundary king. He's Honestly. like, excuse me. And he's honest about it. He looked at her and he was like, I still want you here. I want, yeah, that's you, bitch. Shout I'm out to me. Being, you. Shout out to me being Digger. Yeah. It's like, she, he, and he reaffirms her. Like, he reassures her, like, I still want you here when I wake up. I just cannot have you sleep in my bed simply because I will not be able to sleep. But I'll make you pancakes in the morning. I'll do whatever you want to do. I also like that he knows that he's fucking weird. I like that he's able to go to a fancy dinner and then he's got the weird dog. And then he goes to the fancy dinner and then he's like, you know what? Fuck this. This is weird. Like he acknowledges that it's weird. And then they go and they eat shitty food outside. I love it. I love him. And I love, love, love that he keeps calling Luke Duke. I find it so funny. And she's like, you were tailgating Luke? And he just, he really makes me laugh. I like their banter together. It's so funny to me. I think Lauren Graham had so much fun with him. Like, I think that they just had really good time together. They do have a I very- I love him. I do, I will say, I think that Lauren Graham and Chris Eichmann, who, by the way, I will also add, has very good use of Paladino language, also wonderful in the new season of Mrs. Maisel. I think that their chemistry is- And I don't think he was wrong for wanting to sue Richard. A hundred percent. I think you are absolutely wrong to want to sue someone's father and think that they will stay with you. I don't think he was wrong for suing Richard, but I think the assumption that like they'd be able to get through that is a little tough. My only problem- It is, but it's also just like, that's a man. 
Oh, yeah. But I mean, well, yes, if we're holding these uh, just men are men, then all of them can go to jail. Yeah. So what were you going to say about Digger? I was going to say that I the one of I like the performance of Chris Eichmann. The one thing I would say is that I think that their chemistry is more sibling-esque than hot. There's something okay. very friendly. Oh, I don't think it's hot. Yeah, there's something very friendly about them. And and mm-hmm. I think it works, right? Because he's introduced as being her old friend. It's almost like he would have been good as like, if they wanted to create a nemesis for Lorelai for a full season <laughs> of someone who she'd occasionally like go and like yell at, that I would have liked to see scenes of them. But that's not really the tone of Gilmore Girls. One of my favorite jokes, though, is the he she calls him Digger and he calls her Umlauts. And I just think Umlauts as a joke for her having having fallen in the pool and then her breasts looking like the like accents are pretty fun. That's that is a good, solid written joke. It's so good. I just really enjoy him. Like, I enjoy their scenes together. I think he's really smart. And I think that it's the first time we've seen Lorelai with someone Who's smart? And he looked pretty good in. The, well, I wouldn't go. Well, I'd argue Max is. Oh really yeah, I don't smart. think he looked good in the revival. Max is smart. Max is like he's not quick book though. Smart. He's not quick. And like I, and this guy is quick and smart. And she does say something about Digger, Lorelai, to Rory. And he also has weird. F- oh yeah. Oh no, go ahead. What were you gonna say? He has weird. No, I. No, I. He also has a weird relationship with his parents. Like they have very similar weird parents. Oh yes, that he doesn't get along with. I can't remember his parents' names. I was going to say Strobe and Francine, but I'm pretty sure. No, that's Digger's parents, Strobe and Francine, or are those Christopher's parents. No, that's Christopher's. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, Lorelai says something about Digger that I really relate to. She says he can keep up, and that's something that I really look to. When trying to find someone to date, which is like, I would not like to be talking to someone and feel like they're like running behind me. No, I've dated people like that and in my early 20s and I'll never do it again. Like if I'm on a date with someone and they're not like talkative with me, I'm like, I can't, I cannot do this. It's horrible. It's like my worst, it's my least favorite quality. Well, let's talk about a little man named Christopher and right up the top, I want everybody yep. to know, don't come for Thank me. You. I don't want to hear about David Sutcliffe and his Republican nonsense. We're strictly discussing Christopher. Diane Hayden. And I don't know that to be his (laughs) middle name. But I want it to be. Christopher. Christopher Hayden. How sexy is that? Christopher. I sometimes will just Mm. hear Lauren Graham when I'm mad at myself saying it when she when he shows up in the motorcycle in the first season, when she just goes, Christopher. Christopher. Sometimes when I make a bad decision, I just hear her. And every Monday morning, I hear her at the at the wedding, the vow renewal, going, get some coffee, Christopher. I'm like, oh I better get God. there. <laughs> I gotta get me some coffee. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love Christopher. Now, talk about sexy. Talk about sexy, fun, all energy. He's so hot. They have such good sexual chemistry. And as you have said, Lauren Graham could have sexual chemistry with anyone. With that ass? But... And I say oh that as a feminist. Ass. You know how I... No, but we can talk about her ass. She has one of she the great white women the, asses. Her body, it makes me sick. It's so good. It's so good. She wears... You know, she wears a pair of jeans well. Yeah. Oh. So, those low-rise jeans. Please don't bring them back in style if anyone is listening. Not many people can. Not many people nope. can. No, I sure can. Um, but Christopher is... Perfect to me. I wouldn't say he's perfect. Does he I would make say mistakes. he's a bad father. Here's the thing. 
like you know, he's he, not very he present. He couldn't. He couldn't show up for Rory the way that he wanted. No, to. what if Laura? No, like just, Lorelai wasn't given that option. Do you think that's fair? I think Lorelai kind of took that on her own. Well, what was she going to do with this child? No, I mean, like she was there. the one that like he should have, but she also ran away to a shed. That's about five miles down the block. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying he was all, he was messed up and he acknowledges that. I don't think he was messed up messed up. I think as Emily says later to him and I believe season 5 um so good no not so good talk that's the premiere. Right before the right before her vow renewal the episode wedding bell blues she goes and talks to him and she says you are a weak you are a weak man. You always have been. And I think that is Christopher. Now I say that as a big Christopher fan, mostly based off of the energy between Lauren Graham and uh, David Sutcliffe. But that's the beautiful part about Amy Sherman Palladino's writing is that all of the characters are flawed and they're very complex. Like they're not, none of them are going to be perfect. They all have their problems, but yet I think in their heart, they're good people. I can name Maybe a few. Maybe not all of them. Yeah, I was going to say I can name a few who <laughs> are pretty bad. Yeah, some are monsters, yeah. like Francine. Well, let's chat about the man, the reason for the season. I think most of the people listening mm. to this would say this is the man many people would have started with. Luke mm. Danes. Luke Richie Danes. Again, don't know if that's his Luke. middle name. I love Luke. I recently was realizing that I think he's a very good example of the depiction of a complicated but good man. Yeah. But he's a goddamn I mess. <laughs> His inability to communicate. He's such a fucking mess. Oh my god. But yet expects it. He's such a Scorpio. He he expects it from everyone. He expects transparency, but yet will not give it. Because he feels that he doesn't have to. And what is there really to say? I mean, I guess I said something quite nice about Luke earlier in terms of the... <laughs> Cyclical but nature I think of the Luke show. Is Luke, like people that listen to it, they get it. They get who Luke is. Like it is what it is. Yeah, I, I, there's nothing really to talk about, right? Like he is the he is the OTP. We know him to be that. Scott Patterson and Lauren Graham do have an, an interesting chemistry. I love the fact that they hated each other throughout the run of the show, and one of the reasons that Christopher is there in season seven for perhaps as long as he is is that. Lauren Graham preferred working with him and Amy Sherman Palladino was gone and Lauren Graham had been elevated. So I think she was like, yeah, get me somebody I like and I enjoy working with. I love that little tidbit. And so, but I love the fact that they have this, and by the way, their wedding and it just like that is one of the best things I've ever seen. It's genuinely beautiful. I love the moment when she looks at the text, when she sends the text message to Kirk and it says, it's perfect. I always cry. Um, and that he gave her that kind of gift. I love Luke, but he's also a mess. Such a mess. And I mean, she who shall not be named. I mean, April. Yeah. Stop. I've never hated I don't Lord. think April Nardini is a bad choice. She, she? I think it's a wrong. Walked so Brady Hobbs could run. <laughs> She's not that bad. The real villain of Gilmore Girls is Gigi. Gigi, Gigi. is a goddamn demon. I, you know what I think about a lot is they did Sherry so dirty with that hair color when she was giving birth. 
when she showed up white hair, I'm like, you can't dye your hair while you're pregnant. They gave, they did Sherry dirty a lot because like just no one behaves that way. Like you're not giving birth like, Rory, respond to my emails. It's like, no. you. No, just, I think women do. I think people have done that. I think that is like the idea of like, oh, how are we going to depict this career driven woman? It's like, do we have to have these dichotomies? Someone who's very structured. It's she's the opposite of. Lorelai. I know, but it's getting into that us versus them mentality that I just don't There always like. will be that. I know. It's just every single show, and that's basic storytelling, I guess. But guys, yeah. it's complicated a bit. I don't think April Nardini is a bad choice. I think that there is a no reason that she shouldn't have been the daughter of his girlfriend from the first season, Rachel. It seems strange yeah. to introduce a new person that Luke dated, if it had been Rachel, I think at least we would have been like, oh, we remember this character. But they obviously wanted to use this actress who they love. She was also going to be in Jesse in the Windward Circle spinoff. I hated her. I know she was on Twin Peaks, not a big fan. Um, so I think that's one of the problems. And then it's just an, it's an actress problem. She's annoying. Yeah. Science. Yeah, she's very annoying. And even the little girl who played April... Like, has said, like, I ruined everything. <laughs> she didn't ruin it. I think actually, I Chris. actually like the, I like the April. I like that as a, as a way to complicate Luke and Lorelai's relationship. What I like about them is that they're two adult people who have lived full lives and are trying to um come together later in life. So they have a lot more non-negotiables and also defined communication styles that are going to be difficult. And frankly, I think a lot of, and I have a lot of problems with Luke in season six, but I think that a lot of those problems are because the show is about Lorelai. When you really look at the grand scheme of things, finding out you have a daughter that this woman never told you about, planning a wedding, I think we can decide which of them is a bit more important, but because we see the show from Lorelai's perspective, we're focused on her. And it does feel like he won't let us have the wedding we just want to see. And frankly, that wedding dress she came down was fucking ugly. So thank God we waited. Yeah, I hated that dress. Should we talk about the real love story, Emily and Richard? Of course. They're the best. Perfect, wonderful, great arc in the first six seasons. The seventh season, you know, mostly she'll not be named. Yeah. And they just have great chemistry. One of my favorite scenes is the opening in season five when she's trying to, when she's leaving to go to Europe and is getting the boa and everything and like taking her skirt off and talking about how her aunt was just athletic. Aunt Nora was just athletic. (laughs) I mean, it's great. And they have amazing chemistry, the two of them. I, there's so many moments with them that I, that really stick out with me. It's, you know, the moment when he's in the hospital in season one and he says, okay, Emily, you can go first. And of course, like he, he doesn't stop. That's stick so to that. And then, um, I like, I like the whole, uh, like the wedding, the vow renewal. I like his little speech about the song and, you know, it's just sweet. And Oh, I mean, I bill. listen to wedding bell blues even now and get All emotional. Me too. Why won't you I love that song. Bill? Oh, yeah, that's a great yeah, jam. It is. And then, you know, I mean, there are moments, of course, that, you know, they are imperfect. But 
I mean, I really got to give it up to Kelly Bishop. Emily. Queen. She icon. Is legend. my Gilmore girl. I mean, oh, yeah. In terms of, I feel like, you know, of course, the Gilmore girls in, if you're talking to the casual viewer, Lorelai, Rory. But let's never forget our third Gilmore girl is Emily. Her hatred I, of Pinnell and Lot, everything to me. Everything. Her being terrified of Richard's mother and then smoking the cigarette her, yeah. during, like before her funeral. <laughs> That's my Slack photo. Is Emily smoking? She is amazing in that episode. It's a nice, like, foreshadowing of the boozy, devil may care Emily from. God oh. damn it, if I don't just keep calling it and just like that, a year in the life. I wish it yeah. was called Gilmore Girls and just like that. One of my favorite Emily moments is obviously when she approaches mrs huntsberger shira huntsberger shira huntsberger and she i mean it's one of the great moments in television oh my god it's so good i can like hear it i actually love that it lays for one of my favorite jokes in the in the entire show in the seasons i it's still season six friday night's all right for fighting when she says i just wish i'd i just wish i'd remembered to call her a cocktail waitress and lorelei says oh that's my that's my mother's version of the c-word yeah which is just so good. I mean, that's a great, I mean, talk about Friday night dinners. They all build to, of course, that great episode where they're finally arguing. That's my favorite Friday night dinner. The camera pulls up and starts moving around in a way it shouldn't, um, or I shouldn't say shouldn't, but typically doesn't. I love that one. I would say my favorite Friday night dinner is probably, in terms of the one I think about a lot, there's an early season six Friday night dinner where they're where Lorelai and Rory are fighting and they're talking about blonde which sister is worse and you're not sure if it's Jessica and Ashley or Nicole I'm sorry not Nicole Paris and what's Paris Hilton's sister's name Nikki Nikki where they're talking about having bl- being blonde versus brunette and how and how and then they say like oh well you should never have served spaghetti and meatballs they always fight when you serve spaghetti and meatballs there's just something about them being more natural there in the fighting that happens and that the fighting is between Lorelai and Rory. And I always love that moment because it's rare we ever see them disagree about pop culture. It's usually them just popping off of each other rather than like really mm-hmm. engaging and fighting about something. Yeah. My favorite, I wrote down two that they really stick out with me is obviously the season six, episode 13, Friday night's all right for fighting because I just love that everybody's fighting and I think it's so funny. Um, Because then like watching Rory and Lorelai like walk out of the house and they're like exhausted, it just makes me laugh. I think we just reinstated Friday night dinner with their like, if for some reason their hair looks like yours in the dead of the winter, just frizzy mess. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then my other favorite one is, I believe it's called The Haunted Leg, and it's in season three, and it's um, when Christopher comes back to Lorelai and, like, confronts her at the dinner and is, like, Lorelai is yelling at him. And I always hear her voice say, like, can't you see how much, like, this is hurting me to talk to you right now? And, and then, then you just Emily hear Emily says, go, like, you Christopher? Yeah, I think talk about hearing my own name again. I hear that. I'm like, uh oh, I better act right. Yeah, you better get yeah, (laughs) sit up straight, sit up straight, act right. Because Emily's here. Emily's here. I I just love all of them. And then of course, like, is Gilmore Girls just ultimately a show about intergenerational trauma and healing? And I would say yes. 
And I know it's this light, fuzzy show for everyone, but for me, that's really... I don't think that it is. I think if you think about, like, the the marketing of the show, it's like, these these gals are drinking coffee, and they're they're more like friends, but they're mother and daughter. It's like, I... And then the town, like, I do think that one of the things that Amy Sherman Palladino does really well, and she does this in Bunheads and certainly Mrs. Maisel, is she wraps real, like, real life in cotton candy. And in some ways, by the way, Sex and the City does that. It's like, it's late, it's frothy, then all of a sudden Sarah Jessica Parker's delivering a monologue that is devastating. Yeah. No, that's what I really remember about Gilmore Girls. Like, when I think about it, because I've seen it so many times, because like you, I literally watched one episode a day. I literally watched an episode today with Digger in it. And um, it's it's you're having these light moments, like for example, when Lorelai and Emily go to the spa, and they're having a nice time together. I don't know if they're having dinner. a nice time. I think oh, and at dinner. dinner, okay, at dinner, yes, because that is one of my and least favorite th- Lorelai episodes. Well, because then you think like they're finally getting somewhere, and then it just like explodes, and there's tension, and it's. There's always those moments with Gilmore Girls where it's, like, very fun, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit, like, yeah. it's tense now. Amy Sherman Palladino's understanding of family is, is that, A, you're stuck with it, so that there's all, it's going to always circle back. And then also that any moment things are going well, something has to crash down. There's always, it's like, they're finally, it's finally happening. The next morning, Emily is like, I, I don't remember anything. The walls are back up, and it's it can be incredibly frustrating to watch, but it does oh, feel yeah. a lot closer to real life than, say, something like Seventh Heaven, which would be, I think, in some ways, its closest parallel in terms of the way the WB marketed the show. Are there ever episodes where, like, it starts playing and you're like, I can't sit, through. like, it's too much right now, and you skip it? Like, are, what are the what are the episodes you skip the most, if any? If there are episodes that I skip the most, it's actually not, like, the heart of the matter. It would be an episode that, to me, is more, like, filler. That So they're, the only time I would watch them is when I'm doing a full watch through, which I also do once a year where I do watch every single episode. And also I pay more. I try to sit and actually pay attention every time I watch one. So it would be an yeah. episode, like, um, I cannot think of it, where Rory is taking the young girl from Yale around. I hate I'm, that episode. The young girl from Chilton around. And yes. that one drives I never watch that one. I don't like that episode. But not as cute um, as a push game is the name of that episode. Season one episode where it's like uh Cinnamon's Wake, I think. Oh, I love the see now that's one that I love because I think there's so much tension and then finally we get to the Max Medina reveal and the Rory Lorelei fight at the end. I love that episode. Yeah, I don't know. I just... I mean, I think we um, both skip all of season seven. Uh, yeah, I never Oh, do you know it. which one I always skip? Vineyard Valentine from season six. I don't it's like too that awkward. at all. It's, <laughs> talk about cringy. It's so cringy. And, like, it, it also just feels weird. Like, I'm supposed to believe that Rory, like, goes to this house all the time. And she, like, cooks for him. And I'm just like... And it also, I just don't like the tension between every, like, it just don't like it. I just think Luke is such an asshole in that episode. Such an asshole. And I really don't like seeing him like that. And I do, I actually do really appreciate the idea that Rory has been living a life outside of Gilmore. Like, that the idea that Gilmore Girls is the yeah. show we're watching, but occasionally Rory is off living some other life. 
and that we are getting to see what she's up to almost off camera. And Lorelai, much like us, is like, wait, you come here, you know these people, you cook? What's happening? Yeah. The thing that stops that from to, to be just being so awful is is like the, the Luke is just insufferable in that episode, and I get it's the point, but it is it pushes. He's so past. like sad. It's sad. Like, it's, it's just awkward. Just like, ugh. Then by the time he's in a good mood, my man, um, what's what's uh, Logan's dad's name? What's my man's name? Mitchum. Mitchum, the king of Gilmore Girls, in my opinion. <laughs> the way he comes down and lays down the law on people, I think more often than not, he's right. Yeah, he was right with Rory. Rory is a trash journalist. Logan does need to get his act together. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I fully agree. I'm a Mitchum stan, even though he did play like a Trump-like character in Scandal that was very upsetting. And very Trump-like in uh, Gilmore Girls. Yeah, he does look like Trump at the end of the day. So that Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> kind of what I was day, going he's for. Trump is what we're saying. Yeah. Who's your favorite? We got to move through these faster because we've been doing this for one million minutes. And I feel yeah. we've just scratched the surface. Who's your favorite townie? I wrote down I really like Bootsy. Well, you know, well, Bootsy, it's sad. You know, he recently passed. The actor. Yeah, Bootsy, he passed. He, he was on Mrs. Maisel and he passed. Sorry oh to break God. that to you. R.I.P. Bootsy. Okay. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's quite depressing. <laughs> My favorite townie is Mrs. Kim. Yeah. <laughs> no, um... If you take out the townies who are in the open, I mean, my favorite townie would probably be Suki, but I'm taking out the people in the opening credits. Yeah, I don't think of those people. Uh, as like townies. Suki, Michelle, even uh, Kirk. Mrs. Kim, it's I don't not think Mrs. Kim. I love Mrs. Kim, but she's not my favorite townie. It would probably be, I mean, I really love Miss Patty. Okay. I mean, talk I'm a about bad girl. talk about Samantha. Oh my God. <laughs> I. Mean, I when She's horny. Her and Kirk putting on that play together. Buckle really up on a- Patty. <laughs> I would see. I have bought so many tickets. I'm seeing Funny Girl. I'm seeing Plaza Suite. I'm seeing fucking Harry Potter. I would spend thousands of dollars to see Buckle Up on Patty. A hundred percent. I agree. Would you live in Stars Hollow? A hundred percent. Yes. I would love to live in Stars Hollow. As much as I love visiting Stars Hollow, I feel very close to Emily where she, and many of my neighbors will attest to this. I have a new neighbor who said hello and I just said, no, thank you. (laughs) Okay. No, I would love it. I would love a small town where everybody knows everyone. They're everyone's in everyone's business. I'd rather kill myself and have my neighbor knock on my door and ask for some sugar. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, I would love that. If someone ever asked me, though, to, like, water their plants, I'd be like, I don't think Well, that guy, that's one of my favorite episodes. Shout out to Alex Borstein, who plays his wife, who leaves the threatening voicemail, who's so funny. Yes. Do you think the Gilmore Girls are good people? I mean, I think I touched on it earlier. I said, you know, she writes complex characters, but I think that they're good people. Like, I don't think every character makes the best decision all the time. Obviously, Rory. And here's where I come down, and we may not have time, and fuck if there won't be a part two of this. I could defend Rory. I think a lot of her decisions make complete sense to me, given the context that they are made in. But before we go on, we got to talk about my girl Paris Eustace Geller, and that is actually her middle name. Comedy queen, funniest human being on the planet. When she says, when a girl in the hall goes, is it raining? And she goes, no, it's National Baptism Day. Tie your tubes, idiot. I believe it's Tired Tubes Moron. Okay, Tired Tubes Moron. Thank you. It really just gets me good. It gets me so good. And okay, it's not Paris, but this, oh my God. 
fuck, I totally forgot to mention this. It's one of my favorite little moments where Lorelai and Rory are getting dressed and Rory, Lorelai's like, okay, is this outfit okay? And Rory's like, actually, I think I like the other one better. And she's like, oh, what is that? Oh, just the sign of the devil, my mistake. It kills me. We got to move on. Copper boom. What do you like about so you your favorite Paris line? I of course love in Paris. Uh, you know, like really rips into Logan at the doorway, tells him about himself. I love when I also like when she does jujitsu. Love that martial arts um, and cra- that she's like getting into Krav Maga at one point. So good. Obviously, in the revival in the bathroom when Francie walks in and she closes the door with her foot, an iconic moment. But the Paris moment I think of pretty much, and there are so many, when Rory tells Paris that she is leaving Yale and Logan enters, she walks over to Logan, points her finger into his face and just says, you, and then exits. And that's power. 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 So to wrap up, We've we are in such like a reboot culture. Where do you think that the Gilmore Girls revival kind of stands into the reboot landscape? I personally believe it to be the best of them, not only because I am so inclined to loving Gilmore Girls, but also because I think that it answers the essential. It, there was an actual question that we all had. We were we were left on a question mark of what are the final four words, right? Which we know and there was a need to come back. Whereas some of these, I'm like, we didn't need to come back. I was good. And also, I think that this was the start of the reboot culture when this came out. It was 2016. There weren't many. I don't know. I I, I, I can't name any before. I don't remember. It certainly wasn't where we are now where truly every single no, show is No, that's what like, I mean. Yeah. I think, I don't know if it was the first, but you did. it was at the beginning, right? Right. And yes, whereas like now every single show is a reboot of something, even if you don't know what the original, every show I'm like, I love this new show. They're like, that's actually based off of Grey's Anatomy. Did you not know? And then what would you say is an essential episode if you were trying to get someone into Gilmore Girls that they, you felt they needed to see? I got a list. All right. Give it to me. I love this. Season one, episode two, Lorelai's first day at Chilton, where they both go to Chilton. Essential. Wow, if I had to pick a season one episode, I would probably pick Forgiveness and stuff. Oh, I also have that written down. Oh, perfect. As an essential <laughs> By the way, episode. I wrote nothing down and had that off the top of my head like a maniac. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> um, another one, I think the Bracebridge dinner is essential. A Tisket, a Tasket. Really? Hmm. I love that one. I fucking love it. Just get a task it. And okay, there is an episode, I believe in season two or three, where Rory finishes a group project and Dean's kind of annoying her and she doesn't come home and then he's waiting on the porch for her and then he goes, she likes Jess, doesn't she? Well, she's with Jess. Right. She goes to Jess or... um. Lane, remember? She's yes. like, oh yeah, Lane wanted to listen to CDs or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know what episode that is, but I like that episode. But yes, it ends with it ends with L- Lorelai and Dean on the steps, one of the many examples of their sexual chemistry. Oh, I wrote about this on the dip.com. They want to fuck. They do. The sexual chemistry is off the charts. Also, the dance marathon. Um, they shoot Gilmore's, don't they? Great episode. They shoot Gilmore's, don't they? Wedding Bell Blues. Um, 21 is the loneliest number. Essential. 
I would say in some ways, if I wanted to give someone one of the ones I would add would probably be, I can't get started, which is the season two finale um, with Suki's mm-hmm. wedding. It has Christopher, it has Christopher Lorelai and also the beginning of the Jess Rory, the, or not the beginning, but the real sitting in the Jess Rory stuff um, of starting them up where we go in season three. I would also probably have to say the season four finale, Raincoats and Recipes, where Rory loses her virginity to Dean. I also had that written down. Yeah, that's, I mean, that one's really important. And and by the way, that's Luke and Lorelai. That's the, you know, the the first big Gilmore fight between the girls. Um, and mm-hmm. then... I also like the parties over in season five. Oh, I hate that episode. I mean, I love that I episode. I love that episode. I mean, I do. I hate, I mean, I love it, but I hate, it's so much Logan. I love it because it's like really showing Laura or Rory like in that world. And it shows that there's like that now official divide. Also, it's like the end of Dean. I know, but it's just like she's and she's drunk. Her dress has fallen off the tiara. I'm like she's a mess. I like. By it. the way, that's me. That was like that. Like, oh, yeah, dress off, drunk. That would be me. Um, and then I would say the only other episode I would add would definitely have to be the season six episode, "The Prodigal Daughter Returns," where Rory the rift, the season six rift finally ends, and they hug. Oh, um, that was a tragic. And the you know, "I love you, mom, kid, you have no idea" is just a perfect gets you good moment. And I cry literally every single time, but also I cry at more episodes of Gilmore Girls than I would <laughs> like to admit. Um, Dear Emily and Richard is also a great episode, even though I don't love the actress who they cast as young Lorelai. I think it's I like an the actor episode. who they cast as young Christopher. Yes, I think he's good, but I think yeah, it's it's a hard task to live up to what Lauren Graham is up to because she might be the greatest actress of all time. Period. Sorry, Sarah Jessica Parker. Would love to see them act in something together. I don't disagree. I think I want to get Lauren Graham in more. Yeah, I'd love to get her off the Mighty Ducks reboot. Whatever's happening over there on Disney Plus. That's a tough And place. she was also an Evan Almighty. Not to mention Zoe's extraordinary playlist. I mean. Her post Gilmore Girls life has been tough. Although shout yeah, out to her, although why. Parenthood, you know, Parenthood, that was good. But you know, and she got to meet Peter Krause, who you know I will always want to have her, sex with from Six boys. Feet Under, and I see him bouncing around over on a some show called Nine One One on Fox. I'm like, guys, these are stars. These are some of our prestige actors. Let's respect yeah. them. But also, let's wrap this the fuck up and get out of here because <laughs> we have been recording podcasts. For We've three been recording hours. for three hours. <laughs> Um, not even sure if King Brian is even still with us. Sam, do you have any like final words to Sam Gilmore girls? Do you think we have to do a second episode or do you think we hit it? I do. I think we have to do a second episode. I don't even think it's great. I like the that we, surface. I think we, yeah, I think like <laughs> we got our basic thoughts and then we can go deeper into them next time. Like we can have like a whole episode about, I don't know. The one aspect bitch dinner. Show. Literally. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, I hope this was everything you wanted. We're not even going to do a formal sign-off because this is, again, a bonus episode. So lower your expectations. So, um, bye. Bye, guys. (laughs) You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways. 
On California beaches, they're the number one plastic you'll find. Over 35 years, cleanups have collected millions combined. But no matter where you see them, they're all getting smaller, eventually leaching into our food, our air, our water. The tobacco industry's to blame for all of the harm that they do. For the harm to the people we love, and the harm to you too. Learn more at undo.org.